0: Hi there, I'm Maddie Savage, and you're listening to season two of The Stockholmer, sounding out the most inspiring people living in Sweden's innovative capital.
1: The Stockholmer.
0: That's Wu Jing playing our soundtrack this week. She's a professional musician, a former Paralympic sprinter for China and the first blind performer in the world to play on stage as part of a symphony orchestra in Stockholm. The Stockholmer. Wu Jing, thank you so much for joining us on The Stockholmer. We're here at Stockholm's Royal College of Music, just north of the city centre. This is a brand new space where where you're rehearsing. It's really hard to know where to start with you with this interview because you've had so many amazing achievements. But perhaps we could just start at the beginning. You've been blind since the age of three. Do you have a memory or an awareness of when you knew that you were different from a lot of others?
1: Um,
0: From the time when I met students in
1: my father's school, because my father is a teacher and uh, we used to live on um, father's campus, I knew that I was different but the feeling of being visually impaired was not until I think when I started in high school probably it was an international school and I was the first blind student there um,
0: and it was very lucky but it was very tough <laughs> how did you get into sport and music
1: um, I think music came into my life in early, very early age I would say um, from what I could recall we had a recorder and we had cassettes and you know uh, um, all sorts of ways that we could play music at home and I had a keyboard when I was very little my father bought it for me and he he always joke about this It's like, well, my salary is just this much. And this keyword costs like three months of my salary, but I will buy it because I think you will
0: be happy. And I say, yeah, <laughs> I can make noise. That was very fun. <laughs> but you obviously did more than just mess around and play noise. I mean, to get to the level that you're at both in music and in running where, you know, you competed in the Paralympics, mm-hmm. that took a lot of dedication, a lot of practice, a lot of drive. Where did that come from? A lot from? of
1: love as well.
0: And a lot of love. I mean, is that where it came from? Was it from your passion? Was it from your parents? Because not everybody has that ability to be so patient and to put that dedication into their passion.
1: Sometimes I wonder, myself, I wonder sometimes as well. Uh, I got different answers from different period of my, you know, my age. I, I would get different answers. When I was little, I would say, oh, well, because I was smart. <laughs> but after a while, when I... Uh, you know became a grown-up then I realized okay it was because um, there were many people that helped me my parents friends teachers it it was that kind of feeling I mean when I played the music and people I could hear from I mean I can't see people's face faces but I could hear from their voice and their applause and I knew that they were happy and um, I was very passionate about music and I really wanted to go further but there was always, there was always a barrier in front of me. Like I couldn't see the notes, and I couldn't play freely as everybody else. I will never be a professional musician. It's impossible. Who would it pay for a person who can't even read notes? And um, how can you compete? And then there was a trainer, uh, a sports trainer, at my concert. Um, he, he actually came to me, and asked me. Do you want to try to become an athlete? And I was like, are you kidding me or what? (laughs) So he basically um, saw that I I was not
0: afraid to run around by myself. Describe your schedule. I'm trying to imagine how somebody can be on a level of, of training to be a professional musician at the same time as being a professional athlete and completing the rest of your education. I mean... Did you have time to sleep, no. <laughs> to hang out with your friends, to do no. anything else?
1: Um, I remember um, what it was like in my schedule. Like I would get up very early and eat breakfast. I would read my books and I would read my homework. But then I will have to go to the running track. So I studied at the same time and I trained at the same time. And there was very tough uh, requirements and priorities so basically I had my flute with me all the time and I left many things behind me um, many many things but my flute was with me all the time for some reason it was with me since I was eight the flute never left me um
0: not a single day I think so after the Paralympics you went back to high school and then you ended up moving to the US to study and then studying in Stockholm where you've ended up working as a professional musician right <laughs> that's a, a short summary of what you've done what's the definition of a
1: professional musician if you
0: get paid right <laughs> I would say so <laughs> well then I am <laughs> and, and during this time you realized that you didn't always want to perform solo. It was your dream to perform with others in an orchestra. Mm -hmm. But that's something that's very tricky to do if you can't Mm -hmm. see, if you can't see the conductor. Mm -hmm. And so you decided to do something about that. And I want to know, I mean, was that a particular moment where you thought, right, I'm going to pursue whether or not I can be in an orchestra? Or was it something that kind of built up inside of you?
1: Well, it was... Um it was not until I met my current flute um, flute teacher Jan uh, Beng Song like he plays in the orchestra and he took me to a uh, concert hall and listened to uh, uh symphony orchestra and concerts and and I was like wow that's pretty amazing like 100 people can play together and uh, how could that happen that they sync together like they play together so well and uh, and all, all that kind of questions that raced in my head and i had a very short thought in my head i was like oh it would be great if i can play in orchestra as well and then after a while i say to myself like daydream <laughs> that's impossible um it was 2013 um, i had a concert at the musica in stockholm And that was the first time I met a journalist, his name is Rick Wasserman, and uh, he interviewed me at the concert. And in my mind, it's usually like this. Uh, Journalists, they ask questions, they do interviews, they do the reports, and then they're gone. (laughs) Okay, that was my thought at that time. And after a while, um, Rick took contact with me and he said, What is your dream? And I was like, well, I... um, I don't dare to say like what my dream was because (laughs) sometimes you have this feeling that people will laugh at you like while you say you want to play in a symphony orchestra It's, it's it's like I say I'm visually impaired I want to I want to be a pilot or something like that people will laugh at you but thank god that Rick understood that I wanted to play in a symphony orchestra.
0: He's sitting here in the room with us, so the support <laughs> is, is evident. I can vouch for that. So how did you go about trying to find the technology that, we have to give the game away, you, you did end up performing in an orchestra thanks yes. to this very mm-hmm. special technology called mm-hmm. TactSense. Mm-hmm. Rick Wasserman was definitely, he put down lots of efforts to put everything together
1: and uh, we had a project consisting of uh, six members. And um, the technology was developed here in Sweden. And uh, the main uh, technical experts in the project were uh, Alan Sund and uh, Runo Andersson.
0: And um, yeah. The technology is called TACT Sense. Mm-hmm. How exactly does it work?
1: I cannot uh, explain all the technical terms, but um, basically the technology would send conductors' uh, gestures from... Uh, from the conductor's hand and then under my foot.
0: So you can feel messages which show you or demonstrate to you what the conductor is asking you to do in the orchestra?
1: Mm-hmm. That's correct. Um, that's basically what it does. So so that I can receive signals and uh, play in a symphony orchestra.
0: So after talking about the idea for two years, mm-hmm. testing various uh, different kinds of technology with the experts behind it, mm-hmm you were on the stage earlier this year mm-hmm. performing with the symphony orchestra mm-hmm. what was that like to to realize that dream
1: <sighs> it was not until three days later i i came back to life and, and and believe that i actually did did it um it was just magic i have to say and there's no words that i can describe this kind of feeling it's like i got My eyes back. I got my eyesight back to be able to read the conductor and to have another type of connection
0: with the world. You made history. You're being described as the world's first bionic musician. But (laughs) I guess it's not about the fame for you. It's about the this experience.
1: It's really an experience, and also it's a hope. Um, Not only for me, it's a hope for many musicians with visual impairment.
0: And there's a hope that this can be used in other arenas as well, where normally you'd you'd be guided by an instructor that you could see. So, for example, yoga or tai chi or or other sports. Basically, uh, my hope is that this technology would um,
1: make visually impaired people's life not easier, but um, easier to connect with the world outside, and also for the sighted and the visually
0: impaired to be able to communicate better. So what do you see as as next for you then? Do you see music being in your life for the future? Or is it you've done sport, you've done music, maybe there's something else for you? I still feel
1: harmonious when I play the flute. I still feel when I create a tone on the flute, I still feel love. And I still feel, I mean, when I carry the flute around, I just don't have to care how other people think.
0: You've been listening to The Stockholmer, an independent production by Maddie Savage. If you've enjoyed the show, we'd love you to share it on Facebook or Twitter, or give us a shout out on Instagram. Support for this episode came from Vault, thanks to Benoit Derrière for production assistance, our PR team Hype United, Simeon Ghost for permission to use their music, and Richard Stevens for designing our logo. <laughs>